everyone. Welcome back to Serial Killers Cafe. I'm your host, Stephanie, here with my co-host, Ariel. Hello! Oh, I missed that music. I know. We've missed you guys so much. We are, First of all, we are super sorry. I know we said we were coming back on Halloween. And then just we're like... We're actually the worst. We ghosted you all. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> we started getting messages where people were like, so are you coming back at all? And I'm not gonna lie, we had a lot of conversations about it just because like COVID's still going on. We're still quarantining. We can't see each other. Ariel had a baby. I lost my job. I got a new job. Ariel went back to work. Like, it's just, it's been a crazy year. But you guys have been so devoted to us, even in these difficult times, that um, we really wanted to keep the podcast alive. Plus, we love it, too. So yes. we're really excited. We love excited. you guys for continuing to listen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, and thank you for, like, reminding us that, like, even in a quarantine time, you still want to listen to Serial Killers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we definitely appreciate it. We're super excited to be back. Um, just some updates for us. Uh, we will be posting pretty much every other week. So you'll get about two episodes a month unless it's a longer month. Um, just because we want to stay consistent. But obviously, like, we're really busy with all the challenges that, you know, like are going on in our lives. And I'm sure everyone else can relate. So we just want to make sure we're bringing you good, wholesome content. Um, but we are so stinking excited so welcome back listeners new episodes hooray sorry for ghosting you <laughs> sorry not sorry because i had a baby so <laughs> basically that's my excuse for everything <laughs> yeah which is fair because she has one of the babies that don't sleep in the world so um, ever he he like hates sleep so that was my second child <laughs> but my first dip wasn't like that which is probably why i had more but, um, <laughs> which is why i'm not having more <laughs> but um yeah so lack of sleep uh, i've been focusing on like distance learning had to find a new job all that fun stuff so it's just been really busy we hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and you know if you're also facing any of the challenges that we face we're sending you all of our good vibes um we know it's been a difficult year so we're really happy to be jumping back into 2021 with the podcast and all of our listeners all right so Let's should we get started Woo. all right errol take it away well, first of all, let's talk about the fact that I just poured coffee all over myself, my bed, because that's where I'm recording. Because it's the only place that I can be away from my child. Okay, so I was drinking a delicious cup of super strong coffee because I'm exhausted. Um, and then I poured it all over myself. So now I'm drinking water. So I'm in between... Um I go through phases where I either drink a lot of tea or I drink a lot of coffee. Like, there's no... It, there's no in between so currently i'm in a coffee kick right now i actually got an espresso which is like i don't know apparently the crack of coffee for most of the people who have told me about this machine um okay, so, literally the last thing you need i just want to point that out yeah so anyway i got this espresso machine there's like 900 flavors i can't figure out if i like or don't like any of them like I, like it's i think it's because i've just drank such mediocrely shit coffee for so long that this is actually like good coffee that's like of quality and i'm like Ew, is this a quality taste like because <laughs> every time i drink it i'm like this is terrible but then i drink the whole cup i like so i'm the thing is there's so many different kinds and i'm just like trying to go through i got a sample pack of like 40 so um today though i just turned like a plain black coffee into a latte with the milk frother it came with so yeah so that's what i'm drinking today guys um i'll figure out what the exact name of it is, is and i'll give it to you because they all have like weird quirky names um but you can come on this journey with me and if you have suggestions on your favorite nespresso flavors i know a ton of people use it by all means send it my way because i need some serious help to like 
<laughs> to get through this. So, all right, let's go. All right, let's do this. Uh, so today we are going to talk about Robert Hansen, who's also known as the Butcher Baker. Ooh, what a cool yeah, name. So he's like super special. Um, <laughs> I'll do like a brief kind of intro about him. And then we have to talk about his like daddy issues. Cause I have a lot to say about this. Okay. We're ready. Let's go. So, First, all right, so Robert Hansen, he was born February 15th of 1939. Um, like I said, he was known as a butcher baker. Um, his Most of his crimes were committed between 1971 and 1983. And by crimes, I mean the actual rape, torture, and murder of women. Because he did a bunch of petty crimes earlier in life, but the big, you know, important ones we're going to focus on, 71 to 83. So he killed at least 17 women, um, all of which took place in Alaska. So that was fun. Um, he actually was an avid hunter uh, and he was a really good marksman. So he spent some time in the military and while he was in the military, he obviously learned how to shoot. And, and to the point where he has actually won awards. Is, is it award? When, I don't know, trophy, award, whatever, um, for shooting and hunting. So I watched a um, documentary about him, right? It's just so creepy because they're interviewing this guy who used to go hunting with him. And he basically says, listen, I have hunted my whole life. I hunt for the love of the outdoors and the animals. And, you know, we have food. Because in Alaska, like a lot of people, they hunt for their meat for all winter. Right. So he's quoted in saying that um hansen did not hunt for the joy of the outdoors she said he said um he could tell just by the way he was throughout their trips that he enjoyed the kill like he enjoyed the sitting and the waiting and then the actual physical kill of the animals um so a lot of times like he would kill with knives um like what's that thing with not the bow and arrow but it shoots an arrow i forgot what it's called um and guns so he used like all kinds of stuff um and he really liked to be like up close and personal <laughs> um killing these animals so that was creepy af let's just point that out you gotta have like serious patient like i could never be a hunter because i just don't have i don't so even have the patience to get a pedicure i'm like oh my god just do a polish change so i can get out of here like it's I don't... so true you're the only one who doesn't enjoy like sitting there and having their feet rub like you're or just like, like haircuts yeah, anyways, ask ariel like i will i'll never get color because i refuse to sit in a chair i'm like no i'm good i'll trim it once every six months <laughs> Goodbye. literally <laughs> so it's like i always wonder like i'm like god these people have to have so much patience like because you're just sitting there for hours and hours like hoping it's for something not to patience happen. though it's enjoyment mm, okay fine you're okay you're weird you're like <laughs> not a girl anyways true <laughs> fair <laughs> okay so per usual, uh hansen has some daddy issues now the reason i want to talk about this is because i feel like literally every killer we ever cover has some sort of daddy or mommy issues or no issues yeah. at all like there's you either have so many issues or like your life was perfect and somehow you still decided to become a serial killer yes there's like no in between yeah 
Now, obviously, you know, I have the coolest dad in the entire world. So, like, I don't have any dad issues. Um, I didn't have a dad, so I just... Ariel's dad's really cool for me, too. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's pretend he's yours. Yeah. Um, But so neither of us can relate to this daddy issue thing. Okay, so that being said, it sounds like basically... Hanson's dad wasn't super loving. He kind of worked him pretty hard. Um, They had like a family run bakery. Um, So like even as a fairly young kid, he would force Hanson to work um, some pretty long hours. So I don't know, like does this really make someone into a serial killer? This is where like, I know that whole like nurture versus nature thing comes in, but it's like, I get it. Like your dad sucked. Like that's fine. Everyone, I know so many people who have like parents or at least one parent that sucked, like whatever. But really, like, does this make you a killer? And then his other like claim to fame was that he like wasn't popular in school. Like, gag me, okay? Who was popular? No one cares. Like, he. And if you were popular, you're only popular for making other people feel bad because you felt bad about yourself. Like, you weren't actually popular. You're just a jerk. And people, (laughs) you are you? Yeah, honestly, you were just better at hiding the fact that you had shit going on. I feel like that's what it was. Because, like, all the popular kids that Ariel and I went to school with just seemed like they all had their shit together. And they probably didn't, but they just looked, we just looked like we didn't, and they looked like they did. And that was, like, the only difference. Like, the end. (laughs) We couldn't hide it. That's all. Yeah, like, I try to explain this to my daughter. She's 11, like, all the time. I'm like, everyone has problems. You realize that, right? Like, I know they might seem like they're living their dream life, but like they don't. And I feel like that's the only difference in popularity is like how you can present that pretty much. I agree. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And like, again, why is that going to make you a serial killer? Like, basically, he was just like, no one liked me. I had acne. Apparently, he had pretty bad acne. So, like, no, I had bad acne because I had it in one circle in between my eyebrows, guys, for like three years. Do you remember this area? It's the only place I got acne, and it was like literally a circle right in between my eyebrows on my forehead. And that was it. Okay, it's a little bit funny because you're Indian, and like, that's the only place that you had it. Yeah, like, so some people would be like, oh, is that a bindi? I'm like, it's a zip, but thank you. Right, thanks. But, like, the other day I washed my hair and someone's like, did you cut it? I'm like, just washed it. But thank you. Like, I'm just apparently naturally a scrub, I guess. And, like, I don't know, guys. I don't know. It's been a long quarantine. I'm sure some of you can relate. (laughs) Right. So I'm super lucky where I literally never, like, my acne, and I say that in quotes, was, like, a couple of zits here and there through puberty. Um, That's pretty much it. Apparently, Robert Hansen's acne was, like, you know, that kind that literally scars your face oh that stinks though yeah because kids are mean kids are so kids are mean in general never mind if you have something like that going on so again not a reason to like rape torture and kill people but i understand why he was like a little bit sad growing up yeah like i always wonder how they get to that level like i understand you were bullied your dad was really hard on you and like you were struggling to get like acceptance and stuff but like what makes you think like you know what killing people is where i'm gonna go then and i i get that like some of it is like like mental like some of it is like you know the type of like I I don't know like I know it's like something with like the way your brain is and like certain whatever but I don't know I think it's like some people go one way and some people go the other way and that's just like how it goes and like right well and I do think that um especially for someone like Robert Hansen there's something a little little mental going on um because the one thing that he um talks about like in a couple of interviews that they actually do with him 
is like he always wanted to get the hot popular girl like blah 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 gag me um which he couldn't because he had the acne and then he also had a little bit of a stutter oh so, that's hard that is that's super hard i can't even imagine like having to deal with both of those things especially as a teenager like i get it that would suck um but he also basically said that since he couldn't get the popular girls he would just like fantasize about hurting them and women in general that rejected him okay so like i mean we've all been rejected by someone that we liked or wanted to be with or like whatever yeah i get rejected by my kids every day guys so (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to like go out and kill people you know i think that there was a lawnmower svu episode about this and the kid was like i'm right here and i'm a nice guy and you guys are going for all these jerks and so i'm gonna kill the jerks so you realize like like he there was like an episode the episode was like there was he was literally at the crime scene the cops and everything are behind him and he's videoing he's like i'm right here and you guys don't even notice me because that's how much you don't notice that i exist and i was like oh my god and he was he like was at every crime scene just chilling there and no one noticed he was there because he was just some like plain boring simple dude who like didn't have great looks or like didn't it was crazy okay i'm not gonna lie that's kind of heartbreaking yeah and then but then he killed a bunch of people so yeah that's a little sad but i feel Um, like it's like people the thing is like i said i think it all comes down to to like how we respond to things like you know me i respond to things in a very positive way like i'm like oh you want to shoot me down fine you know what i'm gonna do make two thousand cookies and leave them at your house every day for the next six months like i'm just aggressively an overly positive person but a lot of people weren't like don't have that like personality trait i guess like it's not easy for people to take it so again i don't know i can understand like reacting poorly and I wonder, I think a lot of times they say like, oh, you know, it'd be really nice just to hurt you because you hurt me. And that's what turns them into a serial killer. Because then they're like, one time they accidentally do hurt them or whatever. And then it's like, oh, right. that was actually very enjoyable. I'm getting a lot of closure right now. And then they turn into a serial killer. Because that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Because like, otherwise, right. I don't know. Like, that makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, all right. So anyways, so Robert Hansen um, graduated high school in 1957. So like I said earlier, um, he did enlist in the army, but he was not in very long. Uh, he was really only there. I think it was like a year before he was discharged. It does not say why. At least I was not able to find why. But like I said before, um, that's when he became like a skilled marksman. Um, and he still ended up doing like the reserves. So we did that like one weekend a month, two weeks a year kind of thing. Um, and then he worked at the bakery the rest of his like free time. Uh, he also spent a little bit of time volunteering as a drill sergeant for the police academy. And so he very clearly, like, if you're in the military and or working for, like, a police department or academy, like, you have to be good with taking instruction and kind of being beaten down. Like, the police academy, at least around here, like, they don't mess around. Um, Yeah, you got to be prepared for anything. But then you also have to present yourself in a way that, like, so he's clearly presenting himself in a way that people are, like, respecting him enough to make him a police officer right even you know what i mean like so even with like the stutter and the acting scars and stuff like that like he still found a way to be like i am a powerful like man i'm very good at what i do like i feel like that is a lot of a battle for some of these serial killers is they like can't keep it together whereas he feels like he has it completely together until it unravels very fast right and i wonder if that's why he did it um like especially the drill sergeant thing because he basically got paid to scream at people 
Yeah. He got paid to boss people around. Like, so maybe that kind of helped like with his anger a little bit. I don't know. Just a thought. I mean, again, this is all just like what we personally yeah. think. We don't actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's like literally um, our opinion, speculation and what we found on Google. So like, <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Going with it. <laughs> um, all right. So Hanson was married very briefly in 1960. However, um, he ended up being sent to prison for arson and his wife divorced him. So like good for her. Um, because he ends up getting remarried. So he spends a couple years in prison. And then when he gets out, he like almost immediately gets married again. And the woman he marries has two kids. Now, I would really just like to stress that this woman stays with him. So, all right. Just keep that in your mind as we go forward. Right. Because so in 1967, the whole family moves to Anchorage, Alaska. Which, I don't know why I find Alaska so interesting. I think because people, like, have to use a plane to get basic places. Like, unless you're in, like, downtown, like, this city, it is, like, Alaska. Yeah. It's all nature, and it's freezing, and it's dark, and people just choose to move there. So if we have any listeners from Alaska, I want, like, a list of, like, the positive things about living in Alaska. Yeah, like I'm dying to know. Well, I'm really and I'm really just interested. I'm like very intrigued, like about the lifestyle. Like I love to learn the. And if you live anywhere and you want to let us know, we love to learn the lifestyle. Like we've lived in New England our entire lives, so we're not we're not very cultured people. For being honest, not at all. We are. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I was born in India, but I was adopted when I was two, and then I was raised as an Irish kid. So, like (laughs) for me. Um, like we just would appreciate like if anyone has any like insight and like oh I've been to Alaska this is why I went or this is why I live here or any place like we love to hear about that so please feel free to share whatever you'd like to share yes please we'll take it Um, All right, so they moved to Alaska um, in the late 60s so not soon uh, very soon after they moved there he ends up getting convicted of raping a prostitute and attempting to rape a housewife that like lived in the area uh, shocker, he only served six months in prison. It's like, so, literally like, no time. Happened. Like, why even bother sending him? It's like nothing. Right? Um, and so, like, he goes to prison for six months and comes home, and his wife is just like, yeah, no biggie. What? You rape people. It's cool. Anyways, let's be married. I don't get it, but okay. Uh, okay. Um, so then 10 years later, so we're in 1977 right now, um, he ends up being imprisoned again uh, <laughs> for stealing a chainsaw, which... I want to know the story behind this because like like was it so to kill got, someone Did, were you cutting down trees in your yard like what was so important 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 that you needed to steal a chainsaw so while he was in prison though he actually ends up being diagnosed with bipolar disorder okay and he was prescribed lithium so i the only thing i know about lithium is that it's a very very strong like antipsychotic drug i believe yeah Everything I read about him specifically was like super casually mentioning that he was on lithium. To me, it's like you have to have a pretty significant mental disorder, right? I believe so. And side note, I actually just binged a show on Netflix that came out called Spinning Out. It's an ice skating show about... And it's like the mother and daughter in the show both have bipolar disorder. It's very interesting. And they take lithium. lithium. Yep, they do. 
Shut up, really? Yeah, that's the only... Like, I would have never even known you were talking about had I not just watched this show and gotten educated two weeks ago. Thank you, Netflix. <laughs> so so maybe it's not as big of a deal as I'm thinking it is. I don't know. I mean, it could be. They could just be... I, I think it's more of a big deal when you go off of it. I think, like, the whole okay. point of it is to maintain, like, your symptoms and, like, your episodes and all that. And then when you go off it, that's when you kind of... Ba- well based on the show and again please feel free to correct us if we're wrong guys because like we don't we don't know we're just going based off of like things we said or googled or whatever um but in the show the girl and the the mom and the girl are talking about it because the mom had it. i guess she passed it to one of her kids and they were basically talking about how like when they don't take the lithium they're up like for days and days like they have like endless energy like almost like they're manic you know what i mean like they're just like yeah, endlessly yeah, yeah. stopping so the lithium basically keeps them like it's like me having and I please don't think I'm comparing these diagnoses, but it's like when because I have ADHD, when I take like Adderall, like for some people, it gives them mad energy. But for me, it like brings me down to the level I should be at with normal people like that's I feel like what lithium does for people who have bipolar, like it brings them down to like the level of like normal day to day functioning and less of that like high, strong, high energy type of thing. Okay, that's my mental health providers that are listening. If so, Hit us up. We want to know. Yeah, we'd appreciate it. Thank you. We're always here to get educated. All right, so so he's on the lithium. However, it was prescribed to him. He was not actually, like, forced to take it. I have a feeling he, like, didn't take it at all. Okay, so this part kills me. All right, so let's go back a little bit. Remember, he was, like, in jail for six months for raping and attempting to rape another person. Yep, got out. Stealing the chainsaw, however... He got a year. <laughs> oh, Whoopi, man. I, I can't. I can't. I know our justice system is Jack. a flipping disaster, but give me a break. A chainsaw? And they're like, oh, that... that See, now I really, now I really need context because this makes... Now I need even more context because this makes no sense to me. Uh, there was a lot about him and, like, his crimes and arrests that really um, didn't make a lot of sense to me. Anyway, so he's released after a year. Um, and then, <laughs> so in the early 80s, he stages a burglary in his house, but he ends up like reporting it to the police and reports it to his insurance company. And they have no idea that it's staged. So he gets like a bunch of money from the insurance company. So with this money, he opens up his own bakery. Uh, and when he has this bakery, he is like a pretty uh well-liked normal established businessman in anchorage alaska they interviewed like a couple of police officers who would go in there and like get breakfast and coffee and stuff um and then just people from the town and no one had a freaking clue it was just he was this really well-known guy and made a lot of good baked things i don't know wow um so later on in 19 so 1982 he ends up buying himself a plane so like i was talking about before like in alaska it's totally normal to have like one of those little cute planes uh because that's literally how you have to get around yeah so he buys a plane um which by the way he is not supposed to be flying because of the lithium but he you know is a rebel and doesn't care and does it anyways so, like we discussed before, uh, his wife does not leave him after the whole prison thing. 
Um, and like we have discussed with many of the killers that we have covered on our show, it pisses me off that all of these guys and people um, end up getting arrested so many times for all kinds of shit. And if they had just stayed in prison, they people wouldn't have died. This is very true. And what's crazy is we... Um, uh, because we're in a pandemic, we try and record like our episodes for the month so we can stay on top of things. And the next circle that we're going to talk about has so many similarities to this guy. Like, it's so weird because like he got arrested for like a bunch of petty crimes, like before he even started killing and like all that. And I'm like, I don't. And like, here's the, I, I do think it's different now because or then because I feel like you could just get arrested, do your time and leave. And no one cared how many times you got arrested. Whereas now it's like you have this like like people care more about your record they they're like okay well this is the third time you've been here so like blah 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 and like whatever and but it's it is it's mind-blowing how many times they just get arrested for doing dumb shit and the guy we'll talk about for the next episode actually gets arrested while committing the crimes and they don't suspect him for them at all so he just gets released after his time's up and keeps murdering people what is happening so yeah that's uh, like it's crazy that you said that because i'm like oh my god that's literally what we're gonna talk about in our next episode too so um, it just blows my mind i feel like it must be so frustrating to be in law enforcement like and have to just watch these people continually get released when First of you all, know that. I would be so paranoid that every time I got arrested it's the time they found out I'm a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> and these people just don't seem to care. Like it's no. like are you trying to get arrested? Like do you just not I don't know. It's like it's almost just so careless. And like serial killers can't be too careless or they wouldn't be serial killers because they'd get caught right. the first time. So when they do all this like dumb petty shit, I'm like, is that I don't understand because you kill like numerous people before you get caught, but like you seal a chainsaw and somehow get caught. Like, I don't understand. Like it just blows my mind. And so Robert Hansen, like especially gives zero fucks. Okay. Um, because so I'm going to talk about more in detail, one of his victims, but when he kidnaps her, like he doesn't, he doesn't blindfold them. He like doesn't try to hide where he's going. Like he ends up getting caught because he's, dumb and like doesn't even attempt to i think they kind of get like a little cocky maybe i agree i think so you know like after they commit so many crimes they're like all right obviously no one gives a shit especially after you've been arrested and released so many times you're like well they're clearly not on to me for this so i can just like then why am i trying so hard to cover up if they haven't figured it out yet so i don't know Uh, it's crazy because you know obviously like yes serial killers have a lot in common and we do see a lot of these types of patterns but then at the same time you'll get this like one-off serial killer like i don't know like it's just crazy and then as usual you know i have to go back to ted bundy who killed like 900 people before anyone like assumed he was even a bad guy they're like what you're a bad guy yeah we cannot get through an episode without stephanie fucking talking about ted bundy i can't i think it's just because he's that like one person that like ev like he's that one person that just got away with so much like oh, he, yeah. like it's hard not to bring him up in comparison to like other serial killers right. because he just was like like there's a reason why there's like endless documentaries about him and endless books right. about him like there's a reason for that and it's because like he literally like these people like he didn't like Ted Bundy didn't get arrested for any petty crimes that I recall but maybe I'm wrong yeah I don't think so right 
Right. Uh, like, because I'm pretty sure he was just, like, this wallet guy who, like, worked really hard and everyone respected him and, like, all that. But, again, we also do see that in a lot of serial killers. Like, most of these men are not lazy. They work. They have families. They... This guy has a freaking bakery and everyone loves him. Like, love him, right? You should see, like, so there's like a bunch of different documentaries. Um, so I watched a few of them on him and they literally just like have him in the bakery with flour all over him and he's like rolling bread and people are chit chatting with him. Like, he's just this totally normal guy and he's like, ha, 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 ha. actually, I'm a serial killer. Yeah. It's, uh, I almost, yeah, I do think that they kind of get off from that too. Um, yeah. So Hansen actually said that it was when he was released from prison this last time for the, like the chainsaw thing. Um, that was when he became a serial rapist. Okay. So he didn't start off as a serial killer because what he would do is, so his main victims were like prostitutes uh, and dancers. Apparently in like the seventies and eighties in Alaska, um, there was just a very, a lot of people were traveling to and living in Alaska. Um, and because of that, there were a lot of like topless places, strip clubs, um, and prostitution, I don't think was that big of a deal as far like legally. Um, so he would just pick them up and take them into the wilderness where obviously he was very comfortable and he knew that they were not. Um, he would torture them rape them and then he well he says that if they cooperated with him then he would just like take them back and drop them off on the street and call it a day now the reason he became a serial killer is because obviously some of these women did not quote cooperate with him so interesting in other words they fought back right so because they fought back he ended up killing them but oh, this is so creepy. So, all right, so he takes these girls, they go in the plane, right? He flies them out. It's like the middle of nowhere, does the torture, the rape. Then most of them are still like either handcuffed or like tied up in some way. And he will let them go so that he can actually hunt them like they're like animals in the wild. Oh my God. That sounds like that Law and Order SVU episode. The guy has like a ton of property and him and his dog like abduct women basically they they get like he got like call people um what are they called like uh oh, escorts yeah. or whatever like to have dinner with him he'd like meet them at like yeah, a yeah. starbucks or like whatever and then they would chat and he'd be like oh do you want to ride home like after like smoozing them up and then would like drop them off on his property like rape and torture them and then like hunt them until they would die like he would hunt them and if he caught them he would just keep them and then make them hunt again until they eventually died that makes my heart race like huh no 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 now one thing i would really like to discuss stephanie is why the crap these people are getting into a plane okay well you have to realize stranger yeah but you just said they're prostitutes and most prostitutes would generally get into anywhere with the stranger to go do what they had to do it's not that wasn't a car a plane yeah but you just said in anchorage alaska you most likely needed a plane to go anywhere for privacy so this makes a lot of sense in my mind in alaska in general anchorage was a very populated place but they people probably just, like, gone to a corner or, like motel or something i don't know what 
I don't get it. I mean, obviously, in the 1970s, and we've discussed this before, like, people were way less careful. I was actually talking about this with my mom yesterday because in the 70s, this is what she did, okay? (laughs) I said to her, I'm like, I cannot believe that you were not killed by a serial killer in the 70s, okay? Because, so, she gets on a bus from here, okay? She was supposed to go somewhere in the Midwest. She had family. And instead of getting off at the stop, she stays on the bus, does not tell anyone. Like, you keep in mind, there's no way to cut. There's no cell phones or anything. She can't contact her parents or nothing, right? Stays on the bus until they get to California and then calls her mom. So it's been, like, a week. No one knows where she is. And she's like, oh, hey, BT Dubs, like, I'm in California. Cash. Cash. she, She knows no one, okay? She just, like, hitchhikes meets random people and i'm like um so basically you were in california in the 1970s when there's like nine thousand serial killers <laughs> nine thousand easily nine thousand at one time one and she, she goes oh yeah she's like i actually just heard about a serial killer that was right in the same place that i was and i'm like why are you so casual about this what's happening First of all, I feel like people always say, like, oh, well, it was a safer time then. But, like, it wasn't because we talk about all the serial killers that happened during right. that time. it was not. I think it that... Is, you want to know... But I think that the biggest, like, threat was serial killers, whereas now it could be, like, anyone. Like, it could be your neighbor next door. It could be, like... You right. know what I mean? Like, I feel like then it was, like, okay, there's there may be, like, 20 serial killers operating, but they're all serial killers. Whereas, like, right. now it's, like, oh, the guy next door just raped a 12-year-old. Oh, this. Like, it's, like, I feel like it's, like, a lot of one-offs, and that's what makes the world scarier now. Like, there's a lot of mass shootings yeah. that happen now, a lot of things, whereas these people were, like, okay, we're one person, but, like, you, you're, you have a threat of three serial killers, let's say, in a 50 mile radius whereas now it's like anyone could be a good guy guy or a bad guy right yeah and granted i we're not saying you guys are bad guys we're just insanely paranoid people so like (laughs) (laughs) yes but so you want to know who the serial killer was that was like literally in the same area that she was who the golden state killer of course it was of course and he like just got caught just got caught (laughs) oh my god mom are you why are you so casual right now? Was and she's like, I don't know, like I, I survived. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why wouldn't she be casual now? It's not good. It's not like she's in danger now. It would still freak me out. It would still freak me out if I knew that I was in the same place at the same time as a serial killer. No, no, no. Eh. <laughs> Anyways, now that I've had my freak out about this. Yes. <laughs> so from 1973. Yeah, from 1973 to 1983, he abducted and raped at least 30 women and let them go. 17, or at least 17 of those women were um, the ones that he actually killed. So like I said, you know, he would release them into the woods and hunted them with a rifle like they were animals, which, crazy. So in 19, a lot of this happened between 80 and 83. So in 82... Uh, the body of an exotic dancer, and her name was Sherry Morrow, was actually found um, by two off-duty police officers who were just, like, out in the woods. So it did take a couple of weeks to identify her, but near the body, there was, like, a shell casing of a bullet, and it was a two two three. I don't know what that means. I don't know that much about guns. I'm sure my husband will lecture me later after he listens to this about what it is. And then you'll lecture um, me, and it'll be the full circle we get. Yeah. Oh, it's a Remington. So, it's a rifle cartridge. 
Well, yeah, I knew that, but I don't know. Oh. Like, how big is it? How big is a rifle cartridge? I don't know. Uh, right so okay. anyway so they found this casing near the body and this case brought up another two cases or another case um where two women were found a couple years prior in very similar circumstances um so they were found by construction workers and the bot the body hadn't been identified so they just nicknamed her El Klutna Annie because she was found near El Klutna Road, which I know I'm totally butchering how you say that road. I'm sorry. It's a very weird spelling. Um, and then the second person was a dancer that they were able to identify as Joanne Messina. So now this is three victims that all were found like in the woods and they had the spent shell casings of the same kind of rifle. So police are kind of like, all right, something is going on. All right. So that's 1982. So then in June of 1983, a prostitute um, whose name was Cindy Paulson was picked up by a trucker. She's literally running down the street, like almost naked and handcuffed. So this, this is a little strange to me, but so he picks her up. He gives her a ride back to the motel that she was staying at. Uh, did I say she was a prostitute? Cause she was. Yes, I, don't know if I, I think you did. Um, brings her back to the motel and he contacts the police and she's there and she waits for her pimp. I have many questions there, but that's okay. So when the Anchorage police officer arrives, Paulson basically told him like in detail what happened. So this girl is so smart. I love women like this because she remembers so much. Um, so basically Hanson had offered her $200 for oral sex. She gets into the car. He immediately handcuffs her and forces her at gunpoint to, uh, to, to get into the car. So he drives to his house. Now let's, we go back to his wife and the children from her previous marriage. They're actually vacationing in Europe, fancy. Um, so he brings him, brings her back to the house. Now in the house, he has like a bunch of, um, you know, like animal heads and stuff on the wall, hunting trophies. But in the middle, there is a chain that is hanging from the ceiling. He handcuffs her too. Okay. So he ends up torturing her, brutally rapes her. And then from there, he takes her to the airport. And as he's getting, so she's in the car. He's getting ready, like the plane, putting gas in it and all that kind of stuff. She sees her chance to kind of just run. So she books it. Like, like I said, practically no clothes on. She's still handcuffed. But she, smarty pants, remembers um, the, I forgot what it's called on a plane, but it's like the license plate, essentially. She remembers all of the numbers on the license plate. She remembers, um, what the plane looked like. Of course, she knows what he looks like. Cause he did not try to hide that. He didn't right. blindfold her or anything like that. Um, so she goes back to the motel and the police are there. And like I said, she's able to just give them like all kinds of details. So actually on her way to the hospital, so she's in the police car and she's like, I want to stop. I know where this plane is. Let's stop. So before they even take her to get a rape kit or anything done, they stop at the little airport where his plane is. So they get out. She points out the plane and she points out Paulson, who is still there. Naturally. What was that? 
Sorry, my landlord just texted me, and I've been waiting for him to fix my leak for like a year. So I had to, <laughs> I had to respond. So he didn't think I wasn't available because he's like, the other day he's like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "There's a leak." He's like, "What's it look like?" I'm like, "Water dripping out of a pipe." Like I don't. <laughs> what does the leak look like? Well, dear. <laughs> I'm like, okay, and then he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna bring someone with me to look at it so we can fix it. But he had like. I've been asking for this for like a year. It's an issue. So he actually was like, I'll be there today at 430. Are you available? And if I didn't answer, he would have been like, I didn't hear from you. So I made plans for the next year. So I had to yeah. make sure I responded. <laughs> for the next year. <laughs> so sorry about that, guys. Um, oh, renting is so awesome. Really a joy in my uh, life. <laughs> okay. So uh, she identifies Hanson, right? Right. However... He had two of his friends that were actually willing to lie and give him an alibi. Of course. Of course. Which, like, what is wrong with people? Can you imagine? Listen, I love you more than life. I was going to say the same thing. I would not lie for you if you were murdering people. That's on you. (laughs) If you just came to me and was like, listen... I need you to tell the cops that I was... Who, who's just like, yeah, sure, no problem. Not, yeah, first of all, I have 16,000 questions. What am I telling the cops? Where were you really? What were you really doing? I need evidence that that's what you were doing and not being a serial killer. Like, no. It, right. Exactly. So, because of these two guys that lied for him, there were no formal charges ever filed, right? Or at this point. So then, later on that same year, so we're into, like, September of 1983... Another victim, Paula Golding, um, her body was found and police were actually forced to reexamine the case of Cindy Paulson because it was very, very similar. So they start looking into it and they, of course, begin looking at Hanson again. And they, this is my favorite part. So they get a profiler from the FBI, which like, who doesn't love profiling? I think it's the most interesting thing ever. It really is. And what is so interesting about this is, I love this. Are you ready? So the profiler, his profile said that the killer has low self-esteem, a history of rejection by women, being an experienced hunter, and would have a stutter. Mind blown. Yeah. How do they know this? Also, why didn't we become profilers? Because that would have been like our dream Seriously. Seriously. So, um, and then he also took some souvenirs from his victims. So he took like jewelry and that kind of stuff. So the profiler said, yep, all of these things, right? Right. So the police interviewed the two men that originally provided alibis. And thankfully they did admit for, um, to lying for Hanson. So with all this information, as well as Ms. Paulson's statement, um, police were actually able to get a warrant to search his home all of his vehicles and his plane. So this is where he becomes a dumbass. Uh, so in his house, they find all kinds of weapons, which of course is not illegal. He's a hunter, fine. Right. But one of those weapons was the Ruger two two three whatever um, that he had used to commit those murders, and then. He actually has the IDs from some of his victims. He has jewelry. Um, And (laughs) so stupid. So he has like a map that he basically pinpointed like, this is where I kill people. I want to say, yes, that's stupid, but also not. It's very common for them to do that. They all write their killing somewhere. He just put his on a map. Well, so it made it very easy to find them. I don't know. 
But I feel like they do it as like a lot of them do it as like a like a memory book, like because they don't think they're gonna get caught. So they, but they want to remember right. like what they've done. So I'm guessing it's like, like a that's what they do. Book for serial killers. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> a memento of sorts. So. So Hanson ends up getting a plea bargain, which I have some things to say about that, but I think that'll take us way too long. Uh, So he ends up being charged for four murders. And so those are the four people that they actually found, along with the abduction and rape of Miss Paulson. So he does agree to confess to all of them and give details. And he also agrees to show them the burial sites that are marked on his map. However, um, this is an exchange for serving his sentence in a federal prison, and he wants to avoid, like, media publicity. Which I don't is, really know how they make that happen, because I feel like publicity is publicity, but... I also feel like it's interesting that he doesn't want publicity, because I feel like most of them do. I know, right. I assume, at least I'm hoping, because, like, he had a family and children and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. But, yeah. so that was, like, that was his deal. Now, this is also an interesting part. Um, so I know we discussed that there, you know, there are 17, about 17 people that he murdered. But it then comes up that there were four more victims that police found that were, like, in the same, like, buried around the same area. But Hansen did not want to admit to those because they were not prostitutes or, like, shippers or dancers or anything. So he felt like he couldn't justify the killings. That's wild. Yeah. So then, February 18th of 1984, Hansen is convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison plus 461 years. So he ends up being incarcerated in the United States Penitentiary in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, And then he actually ends up getting moved back to Alaska and jailed at Lemon Creek Correctional Center. Okay. Um, in 2014, he's moved to the Anchorage Correctional Center because he needed um, some medical attention where apparently they were able to give it to him there. It doesn't say exactly what was going on. He just had some, quote, lingering health conditions. Um, so that's in May. In August, uh, he ends up dying. And this is at the Alaska Regional Hospital due to undisclosed health conditions. Um, don't okay. really know what that means, but yeah. So, I mean, he spends a good amount of time in prison, like, what, 83 to 2014? Or 84 yeah. to 2014? Eh, Not too shabby. Not bad. Well, and he's dead, uh, so he at least can't kill anyone else, so we got that right. going for us. Yeah, so that is uh, Mr. Robert Hansen, the butcher baker. That was super interesting. Right? I thought so. I'm really excited for you guys to see who we talk about for the rest of the month, because, like, you'll, you'll just be mind-blown at some of the similarities of, like, just like what we're running into and like obviously i know we keep saying like oh it's so similar it's such a pattern but like it's crazy to see how common that pattern is like you think oh my god like these few serial killers are all in california at the same time but to like see the different things of like oh these people like all got arrested for the same type of dumb stuff and these people all got like it's just kind of crazy to see but anyway we are so excited to be back we hope you enjoyed our first episode after our very long hiatus we appreciate you still being super loyal even though we totally you know ghosted for quite a bit um and we are excited to bring you all the new content in 2021 yes so we hope you all have a great rest of your week and we will chat with you in two weeks bye